Well, it's kind of a sad day uh, today. I've enjoyed this series from the book of Daniel so much. Uh, I kind of hate to see it end. Uh, But uh, all good things must come to an end. Uh, It's kind of like the Olympics. Uh, I'm kind of bummed that the Olympics have come to an end. I don't know about you guys, but after waiting, having to wait an extra year for the Olympics to happen... Uh, you would have think that they would have given us a little more than just two weeks. I mean, they could have at least doubled it or extended it a little bit. Uh, those of you that know me know I love sports. I'm a competitive person. Uh, I play to win. I keep score. And uh, so I, I love competition. I love athletic uh, events. Uh, but sometimes in watching the Olympics, it made me absolutely crazy. And I don't know how many of you watched it. Some of you may not even care. and you, So you just... Can go ahead and leave right now if you want to, but <clears throat> but uh, I, I would be watching it, and I don't know about y'all, but maybe some of the longer races in the track and field, or even in the swimming, where they would have to swim, you know, quite a few laps there in the pool. Something that the commentators would always point out, uh, especially uh, if someone that was favored was behind in the race, they would always say. You know, just wait till toward the end because they're, they're going to make a push. They're going to, you know, it's all part of their plan to kind of lay back. And then toward the end, they're going to make a push uh, in order to win the race. And, and I understand that and I watch that. But my mentality is, hey, when the, when the gun sounds, get out in front and don't let anybody pass you, right? Whatever it takes. That's my mentality. That's my thought. That's why they're in the Olympics and I'm not, right? Because they have a plan uh, and they know what works uh, best for them. Uh, But as I was watching that, I I began to think about the fact that, you know, a lot of times that's kind of like life. You know, sometimes in life we may feel like we're losing, we may feel like we're running as hard as we can, but we're in the back of the pack, and it just seems like that we're doomed for defeat. Um, but if you think back in your life, and some of you, some of you can relate to what I'm going to say here, you've lived through or been through a situation in your life, and it was a time that was really, really difficult for you. Uh, It it was a time that maybe was really sad uh, for you at the moment, or or, or maybe it was a situation that as you went through it, you were really confused about why it was that this was happening in your life, or this was taking place, or or this was going on, and maybe in that you felt like, you know what, I'm I'm losing here, and, and I'm losing really bad. But now you can look back on it now that you've been through it and you can see how God used it and in and through that God had a plan for your life and it turned out better than you ever dreamed that it would when you were in the middle of it now you look back and you go I get it I I understand exactly what God was doing there in that time or in that situation. Well, that's Daniel's message to us basically in the last three chapters that we're going to be looking at uh, today. Things, you know, for Daniel 
uh, wasn't looking too good, right? Things may not look too good, and it seems that the world is, is only going to get worse. And Daniel says, you know, I've been through a lot. Things have been bad. But you know what? Things are about to get worse. But don't get discouraged because it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. And that's what I want us to focus on and think about this morning that it's all part of the plan. We've called this series Bloom Where You've Been Planted because this book is basically about blooming and thriving and growing even in the darkest of times and in the darkest of situations, blooming and growing with hope in a world that seems to be hopeless. And if you think about the book of Daniel, I, I don't know about y'all, but I've really enjoyed going through this. Uh, some of you have shared with me that you've really enjoyed uh, going through it uh, as well. And, and as I thought about that, I thought, you know, as enjoyable as it, been, as it has been to me to be able to share this with my friends and, and family, you know, nothing about this story was enjoyable for Daniel. And, and Daniel prophesies throughout this as he's gone through all these difficult situations and circumstances and all that, Daniel is prophesying here in this book that as bad as it has been, that the future is going to be worse. And it's going to get worse. And, and, and Jesus basically reaffirms that to us in the, in the Gospel of Matthew and in chapters 23 and 24. Jesus speaks to the same thing that, yeah, it's bad, but it's it's going to get worse. John reaffirms that for us in the book of Revelation that we've been studying on Wednesday nights, and we've gotten that same message from him as we've gone through that study. And the Bible is pretty consistent when it comes to the fact and telling us that this world is going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And so be encouraged by that today. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Now, I'm only kidding, but I got in trouble last week for going too long. Uh, some of you know you've seen this big honking clock in the back of the room there. Uh, they put up to try to keep me from going over. Um, I hate to disappoint them, but I never look at that clock. <laughs> And, and normally when I'm wearing my reading glasses, I can't see it anyway. I, you know, can only see what's up here. So today, I forgot my reading glasses. And so I can see the clock, but I can't see my notes. And, and so that's going to be trouble for y'all. I'm, I'm just saying, if I don't stick to my notes, I keep backing up. I keep backing the stool up so I can get farther and farther away. The farther away I get from it, the better I can see it. But... In these last three chapters of the book of Daniel, and I know you're concerned I'm going to try to cover three chapters, but I promise I'm not going to read it all. Um, there's a lot of details in the last three chapters of this book that it would be really easy for us to get 
caught up in and even bogged down in because there's just so much there. Uh, again, I told you when I began this, one of the resources that I'm using for this series is Lynette's Bible. And in these last three chapters, you know, she has studied this so much that there is not hardly a white spot on any of the pages that she doesn't have notes written about things that she's learned and things that God's revealed to her during her study of that. And as I was reading through all that, it was even kind of overwhelming uh, to me. And, and, and it would be easy to get overwhelmed when you begin to look at these last three chapters. But for the sake of time, we're only going to hit a few of these things that we see here. And what we're going to do is focus on the bigger point of why is it that Daniel shared these things? Why is it that Daniel is sharing what we find recorded here in the book of Daniel with us to begin with? Because here's the deal. If you pay close attention to what he's saying and what he's sharing with us here, you will begin to hear the footsteps of Jesus coming out of those pages. You will begin to see the joy and the hope that we have in a Savior who came as a baby in a manger some 2,000 years ago. But ultimately, we can hear Him coming through this prophecy that Daniel gives us. We hear Him coming a second time to reign forever as King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's the hope that we have in what Daniel is sharing uh, to us for us here but the bad news first and we're going to see the bad news and the good news this morning but the bad news first let's pick it up here in chapter 10 starting at verse 1 it says in the third year of Cyrus king of Persia a revelation was given to Daniel its message was true don't miss that friends the word of God is true it's the truth the message is true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. And so this prophetic vision that Daniel was given, given was so troubling to him that he mourned for three weeks because of it. The text goes on to tell us that an angel comes to uh, Daniel to explain the meaning of this dream uh, to him and uh, a lot of what uh, is, uh, that it's about and what a, a lot of it says, it really overlaps with everything that we've seen in the past up to this point with the previous visions from the different kings that Daniel had been called in to interpret, even some of Daniel's dreams that uh, were interpreted for us and we've seen throughout this series. And whether it was the king's dreams or Daniel's visions, they're all pretty much about the same thing. And they're about all of these different world kingdoms and powers that are going to rise up and be dominant in the world and be hostile towards the things of God. We've seen 
in our studies of this and in our study of the book of Revelation that Babylon was overthrown by Persia. And then Persia was overtaken and overthrown by Greece. And after Greece came Rome and the Romans. And then after Rome, we read about in Scripture in several different places that a final kingdom will come that one day will be a very powerful kingdom in all of the world and it will be headed up by the Antichrist. We saw in chapter 7 and, and chapter 8 that Daniel prophesied that an evil king would rise up out of Greece who would be greatly opposed to God's people and the things of God. And we learned that that prophecy was fulfilled 300 years after Daniel prophesied that it would happen. It came to pass through a man by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. And we've learned in that that he's been referred to and called the Hitler of the Old Testament because he killed thousands and thousands of Jews and God's people. He set up a statue of himself in the temple and he demanded that the Jews would worship this statue of him in the temple. And he did many other things that defiled the temple and were extremely offensive to the Jews and they were forced to do it against their will. And we learned that Antiochus was really just an example or a foreshadowing of a future king that would come that would be so much more worse. And that's the Antichrist. And I share that again because the bulk of this in chapter 10 and chapter 11 is actually about Antichius, or whatever his weird name is, Antiochus. All right, so the majority of 10 and 11 is about him. But, and what Daniel's doing here is he's describing and prophesying the devastation that is going to come upon the Jews because of him. But then in chapter 11, and verse 36 of chapter 11, his prophecies switch to a future king that would come, referred to as the king of the north, which is the Antichrist. So let's quickly look at that over in chapter 11, and let's pick it up there in verse 36. It says, The king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and will say unheard of things against the god of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed, for what has been determined must take place. Verse 37. He will show no regard for the gods of his ancestors or for the one desired by women, nor will he regard any god, but will exalt himself above them all. Verse 39 says he will attack the mightiest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. And if you remember in chapter 7, and oh, by the way, uh, if you've missed any of these weeks in this series, I encourage you to go back because it was kind of a build-up to what we're seeing here today. But if you remember in chapter 7, we learned 
that Daniel described the Antichrist as someone who had eyes of a human. All right? Had eyes of a human, but when you look into those eyes, you see something evil. You don't see the eyes of a human being. When you look into those eyes, you see an ev- uh, something evil that is, is not human. And that's what Daniel is basically saying here again in our text this morning. And he's referring to the Antichrist. And he says here, who is empowered and given power by a foreign God. Who we know today is Satan himself is the one that empowers and gives power to the Antichrist. And here's the important piece of this that we learned earlier, and we talked about previously. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18 tells us this. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. And we learned and, and we talked about how if we'll just open our eyes today and we'll just look around us, we can see the work of the Antichrist all around us today. We can see the work that is powered by Satan all around us today and in our world today. He, he's caused people to have no regard for human life anymore. I mean, we see it all around us. Everybody is like, you know what, I don't, I don't really care what happens to you. I only care about what happens to me. I don't care if you die. You know, I, I care if I live. And so we, we see it all the time that there's no regard for human life. And we want to say, yeah, look at those people. They have no regard for human life. But friends, it's, it's crept into the, even the church today. And we will say, you know what, I'm pro-life. I have regard for human life. But are we pro-life from the cradle to the grave? Are we that way even with our elderly? Are we that way with our neighbors? Do we care that people around us are getting sick with COVID and, and, and dying? You see, what we're seeing today is the power of Satan at work in our world today. And people have no regard for their neighbor. They have no regard for human life. And we want to point and say, well, those people are in prison or they ought to be in prison when we ought to be looking at our own hearts and say, do we really care about others? Do we really care about the people that worship other gods? Do we really care about people who live in other nations? Do we really care about people that don't talk like us, act like us, worship like us, smell like us? Do we Look at every single person in this world like the Bible says, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And see, it's the power of Satan in this world today that's planting those seeds that human life has no value. Also, he's putting doubts in the hearts and men of women and children all around the world today that the Word of God is somehow flawed or it's not the truth or, you know what, that's old school stuff. That really don't apply to 2021. 
You see, that's the power of Satan that's planting this lie in the hearts of men and women that the Word of God is not the truth. That's Satan doing that. He's ferociously, friends, don't you miss it. He knows the end of the race is coming. And he is ferociously at work. His number one thing right now is this, trying to get people to exalt themselves. Trying to get people to exalt uh, themselves, to think that they are somehow better than other people. We would never admit to this in the church. But friends, we see it time and time again when people approach worship, approach church, approach anything in this life with, it's all about me mentality. That's the power of Satan at work in our lives, exalting ourselves, thinking we're better or somehow deserve more than anybody else in this world. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about my opinion. It's all what I, I care about. It's all about me. I, I saw a billboard not long ago. It was a college advertising, uh, trying to get kids to go to their college, and it said this phrase, it's all about you. It's all about you. And see, that's what we're ingraining in the hearts and minds of our kids. You see, it's all about you, precious. It's all about you. You're better than those people. It's all about you. Well, that'll kill me for, for sharing this, but she'd been in education for years and years and years. And she'd tell me about times when they'd have to discipline a kid in school and the parents would come up there and pitch a livid fit because their child's precious. It's all, about, it's all about you, honey. It's all about you. Friends, that's the power of Satan at work in our world today, wanting people to exalt themselves above others. Make no mistake about it. The spirit of the Antichrist is here, active and at work in our world today. And he's using the power of governments to do his work. He's using the power of political parties. I'm going to preach today, so if any of y'all don't want to hear preaching, go on. He's using political parties to do his work and his bidding for him. He's using the media. And some of you are like, hey man, that's CNN from the devil. Well, I'm telling you, Fox is just as bad. Be offended, I don't care. He's using the media to shape the minds of the people in our world today to do his work and do his bidding. And let me tell you something. It's only going to get worse and it's only going to be harder for you and I to be followers of Christ in this world that we live in. And the reason I say that it's only going to get worse is because here in chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. And people will be like... <laughs> Oh, you Christians, you're always trying to scare people, right? You're doom and doom and gloom. Well, I'm telling you, if you don't know Christ, your doom and gloom is coming. Walt Biddle, 
said, you know what, sometimes preachers try to scare the hell out of people, but the Satan can scare it right back into them. I'm not trying to scare you today, friends. I'm trying to wake you up. That's my responsibility. Share the truth. Wake people up. May not be what they want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. It's what I need to hear. If you can't see that these things are happening in our world today, then you're either blind or dumb. <laughs> or blind and dumb. And you've got your head stuck in the sand. Scholars tell us that the persecution against Christians today in our world is growing at a faster rate than it ever has before. And it will likely only get worse. We're steadily seeing the eroding of our rights as Christians. Not just in the world, but right here in our nation where we boast about how free we are and our freedoms. I don't know if you've noticed today, but people are highly offended by the truth that we stand on about sexuality. They're highly offended and take offense when we take a stand about gender. They're highly offended and make accusations against us when we really take a stand for anything that's in the Word of God. And you can be sued. I don't know if you know this or not, but people are being sued today for taking a stand for the truth when it comes to these kinds of issues right here in the good old U.S. of A. And so I think we can clearly see today the trajectory of these things that Daniel is warning us about, right? And you read all of this and you think, no wonder Daniel was grieving. No wonder he was grieving. No wonder he was fasting. No wonder he was praying for so long. And friends, I, I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's this great debate that's taking place in our nation today. Um, taking place in our community today. About the safety and health and well-being of our kids at school. I don't know if y'all have heard anything about it or not. I, I don't know. But there's a great debate about whether we should, what we should do to protect our children and keep them healthy and keep them safe and, and keep them alive. And, and I'm not downplaying that because, yes, I believe with all of my heart that we value life. We're pro-life. And so, yeah, let's do whatever it takes to protect life. Even life at school. Let, let's care about their well-being. Let's care about their health. Let, let's do that because that's what Jesus did. But I tell you what we better be worrying about instead of the health of our children, and that's their spiritual well-being. That's their spiritual health. Because the majority of kids that are being raised in our community today are being taught by example that it's all about me. That's from Satan. The majority of kids in our 
community today are, are being taught by the example of their parents that Christianity is just something we do because we don't want people to call us atheists. <laughs> Christianity is, 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 is something uh, that we do, and church is something that we do when we don't have anything better to do. We'll go to church because we don't have plans this weekend. And that's what we teach our kids. That's what we're instilling in them. Our kids are being taught that it's all right to call other people names. Hear me now. Our kids are being taught that it's okay to call other people names. And it's all right to hate on other people. And it's all right to rebel against authority and to put themselves first and others last. And we wonder why this world is in the shape that it's in. We're creating our own mess and we're passing it on down to our kids to make a bigger mess. No wonder Daniel was grieving. Church, we ought to be the ones grieving today. We ought to be the ones grieving. We need to wake up. We need to pay attention to what's going on. And we need to be more committed than ever to the cause of Christ. We're sending our kids out into a hostile world that is filled with Antichrist. We're sending our kids out into a hostile world, and we need to prepare them for that. We need to prepare them for battle. We need to prepare them for spiritual battle and understand that when we drop them off in that car rider line, we're dropping them off at a place where Satan is at work. And he's doing his dead level best to deceive destroy, and devour. We can't sit back and be content with this little thin layer of religion that we're going to salve on our kids and hope that that's enough and thick enough to protect them from Satan and his his armies. Just teaching our kids, oh, Honey, the, the, the most important thing is that you don't cuss like your daddy, okay? If you, if you just not cuss like your daddy, then you'll be a good little Christian boy or girl, and we'll be proud of you, and God will be proud of you. And when you get older, you know, if you just, if you just won't have sex, you'll be, you'll be a good little Christian. If you just vote the right way, Hello? Then you'll be a good little Christian if we teach you how to vote. Friends, we need to teach them that Jesus is worth living for and He's also worth dying for. The the world may strip and take everything from them that they think is good because they're a follower of Christ. But you know what? If we raise our children right, they may be stripped of everything that they think is good, but they will know He is worth it. He is worth it. 
He's worth the sa- he's worth the sacrifice. He's worth the struggle. He's worth the, 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 the names that I may be called. He is worth it. No wonder Daniel was grieving at what he saw that was going to take place in the days ahead. You know what Daniel was seeing? He was seeing us. He was seeing what's taking place in our world today. As the end draws near and the end of the race is approaching, Daniel's getting a glimpse of that. John's getting a glimpse of that. And Daniel is grieving. Why is the church not grieving along with him? But here's the good news. You're glad I finally got there, right? Here's the good news. And I'm ready for a little good news today. The good news is this. Our God is in control. I want to point out something we saw earlier there in verse 36 of chapter 11. He's talking about the Antichrist here. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed. For what has been determined must take place. Friends, that's the good news if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Until the time of wrath is completed, it's going to come to an end. And what has been determined must take place. Friends, don't miss this. This is all part of the plan. This is all part of the plan. And yesterday it looks bad. It looks bad. And it, it looks like, you know, it looks like we're way behind in the race. It looks like we may even be in last place in the race. And it looks like we're losing. But friends, the race is not over. And it's all a part of the plan. One day, the meaning of all of these tragic events are going to be revealed. And we will be victorious because of Jesus' plan for His bride, the church. And as you read the rest of Daniel, and again, there are a lot of details in there about the end times, and about the tribulation period, and all those things. But you can't help but notice as you read through what he writes and what the Lord has given him. You can't help but notice the plan. You can't help but notice that there is a plan and it's detailed out. Again, if, if you can't see it, it's just because you're not looking for it or you've never tried to look for it. But we see prophecies here about the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And he talks about numbers of years and weeks and all these things that you're not going to understand. Go get a commentary, right? Uh, they'll, they'll explain to you what it means. But when you break it down and you understand what these hours and these weeks and all these things represent, Daniel is laying out for you a timeline of when all of these events are going to take place. Right? And, and so we see the prophecies in the timeline of the rebuilding of Jerusalem, which, oh, by the way, took place. It happened. Right? We see the prophecy about a coming Messiah. Daniel refers to him here as the anointed one. 
There are times and there are links and there are details that are used here. And by the way, I, I just say this. All of these things that Daniel predicted that would come true in the future, they all have, except for the tribulation and the rapture of the church. Everything that he prophesied happened in the timing that Daniel said that it was going to happen. It did. All of it. The only thing yet to take place is the rapture and the tribulation period. And so we should, if everything else Daniel said was going to happen, happened, then don't you think we ought to believe that what he said is coming next is going to happen? few of you, okay. few of you are intelligent. Um, I came to preach. Sorry. We shouldn't have any doubt about the events and the timeline of the end times and the tribulation period because Daniel has laid out the plan. God has a plan. This is the plan. And oh, by the way, God is still in control. It's His plan. And Daniel continues here in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Can you say amen? Everyone whose name is in the book, that's the good news, is going to be delivered. Verse 2 says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Did a funeral this uh, past week. And we were at a cemetery up in Bentonville. I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Bentonville area, but everything up there is just awesome, right? It's a beautiful place. Everything's beautiful. We pulled up to this cemetery, and it was like, man, beautiful headstones. It was just, it was a beautiful place. But y'all, cemeteries are creepy, you know? Like, they try to make them look as pretty as possible, and and people like to go to the cemetery. My, my mom, you know, bless her heart, she likes to go. She likes to go to the place where her mom and dad are. She likes to go where my dad's buried. And she, she likes to go to the cemetery. I just think that's creepy. All right? I think it's weird. But you know what? As I, I was thinking about this the other day as I was looking at this beautiful place where so many people are buried up there in Bentonville. I thought, one of these days, this beautiful place is going to be a wreck, <laughs> right? Because one of these days, these graves are going to bust out of the ground and there's going to be dirt flying, flowers flying, headstones flying as people are brought up and called out to the air. See, that's what Daniel is talking about here. He says, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth are going to awake. All of them. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. So there it is, the plan. This is the plan. This is what's going to happen. 
Do you understand the importance of this? Do you understand the importance of the plan? Do your kids understand the urgency of this? Do your grandkids know what's going on in our world today is leading up to this? This is good news for those whose name is found written in the book. For those who faithfully and humbly and sacrificially live their lives for Jesus Christ and are working to build the kingdom. But it's absolutely horrible news for those that don't. It's probably the worst news that you could hear today if your name's not in the book. Friends, God had the first word, and He's going to have the last. Don't you doubt it. God is in control. Friends, I'm not here to preach doom and gloom today. I'm here to bring you hope. I'm here to present you with an option. I'm here to present to you the plan, and this plan is awesome if your name's written in the book. And hear me closely this morning. Our hope is not in being successful in this world. Our hope ain't in that. It's not even really about having a perfect marriage. It's not about a prosperous business. It's not about political power. Our hope is in the fact that Satan and sin and death are going to be defeated. And the eternal reign of Jesus will restore all things. And He's going to invite us, if our name is in the book, He's going to invite us to rule and reign with Him forever. If your name is in the book. But not everyone's going to be a part of that. Only those whose name is found in the book. So my question today is blunt. In fact, this whole message has been, hasn't it? Do you know without a doubt that your name is written in the book? Because that book is the most important book in history. Because it contains a list of only those who have trusted Jesus as their Savior and lived their life for Him. Is your name in this book. You know, if we could look over those names today, if 
God would have given me access today to the book, and I could have brought it in here and started reading off the names that are recorded there in the book. How many here today would be embarrassed that their name wasn't found written there? Because how tragic is it if your name is recorded on the honor roll but it's not recorded in the book. How tragic would it be if your name is on a team roster, but it's not in the book? How tragic would it be if your name was on a plaque, but it's not in the book? How tragic would it be that your name is on the front of a business or a billboard, but your name's not in the book? And the only way that you can ever, ever bloom in this mess and bloom where you've been planted is if your name is recorded there. And you are living faithfully and courageously for God the way that we've seen Daniel do it time and time and time again. And so there's two invitations this morning. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. No one looking around. This is just between you and God. It's not between you and me. It's between you and God. I'm not even going to look. So no one looking around. If you're here today, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that your name is in that book, that you are faithfully doing your very best to build the kingdom of God and live faithfully for Him. If that's you, and you know without a doubt that your name is in that book today, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand right now and hold it up for just a second. No one's looking around. If there's no doubt your name is in that book, I want you to lift your hand. Thank you. If you raised your hand, I would go on to ask you this morning, are you grieving today about what's going on in our world? Are you grieving today by even the things that we see going on in our community? I'm not saying, are you upset that your party didn't win the election? I'm saying, are you grieving about the sin in the world and what you're seeing the spirit of the Antichrist accomplishing in our community, in our families, and sadly in churches today. Because if you're not grieved about these things, then maybe you've gotten off on the wrong path at some point in time, and today's a day that you just need to repent and get back on the right path. 
because it is alarming what the spirit of the Antichrist is doing in our world, in our community, and in our kids and our grandkids' generation. Daniel grieved what he saw. He fasted and he prayed and the Lord sent him an angel to comfort him and encourage him. Maybe today the invitation for you is to join Daniel in his grief. Join Daniel in his fasting. Join Daniel in his prayers until God sends comfort to you about it. And maybe this morning you would like to come to these altars this morning and, and do that right now. And I invite you to come. If you feel impressed to come and join Daniel in his grief and in his prayers this morning, I, I invite you to come. And then I want to say to those that maybe just didn't feel right about lifting your hand this morning and you're just not 100% sure that your name's recorded in that book today. I've got just one question for you. Why not? Why would it not be there? Why are you not sure? If you don't know that your name is in the book, I've got great news for you today. You can walk out of here today knowing that it's there. You can walk out of here today knowing that it's in the book. All it takes is you getting serious about Jesus. And asking Him to forgive you of your sins. And if you will accept Him, He will joyfully accept you today. The King of Kings would joyfully accept you and adopt you into His family. And make you royalty when your name goes in the book. Why in the world would you not? Scripture also tells us that all the angels in heaven are also going to joyfully celebrate when your name's written in the book. They're going to celebrate you. Don't leave here today without knowing for sure. And if you need to come or you just need to make your seat right there that you're sitting in, an altar of confession and an altar of forgiveness. Friends, don't leave here today without knowing for sure. And then go live your life for Him. And go start serving Him. And start serving His body, the church. Because that is all part of the plan. So that you can bloom where you've been planted. I invite you to come this morning. If you need to come and pray, if you need to grab someone, bring them with you to pray, I invite you to come right now while we close and we pray together. God, today... It would be really easy to focus on the bad news. But this isn't really bad news. Bad news is what we're going to walk into 
when we leave this place. Bad news is what's going on around us that we see each and every day in the places that we work and the schools that we go to and the places that we visit. Bad news is all over our televisions and our radios. God, what we've heard today is not bad news. It's the truth. It's what's going on in our world today and it's what's going to happen in the days ahead. And God, we need more than just a little thin layer of religion to protect us from the one that's out there seeking whom he may devour. We need more than a a little thin layer of religion to salve on our kids to protect them so that they won't be harmed by the power of the Antichrist that's alive and active in our world today. God, we need to understand the urgency and the importance of your plan. God, I've done all I know to do. I trust you and I trust your spirit to do your work. I thank you for the work that you've done in my heart. This message I needed worse than anybody in this room. Forgive me where I have failed you. Forgive me for exalting myself above others. God, forgive me when I haven't represented you the way that I should. But God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, fill me, cleanse me, enable me, empower me to go and make a difference in this world. I thank you for the opportunity today to be able to share the truth with these people. To be able to share the good news. And it is absolute good news. If our name is in the book, and we understand that you are still in control, we're not losing. We're not getting beat up. We're not going to be defeated. When it all comes to an end, we're going to be victorious. And we're going to be following you back to this earth one day to rule and reign forever. We're looking forward to that day, but until that day comes, we've got friends and we've got family members that don't know you. Their name's not in the book. And it's going to be a horrible and tragic day for them when these events take place. Help us to go and make disciples. Help us, Lord. Help me. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we ask these things. Amen. I love y'all.